welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Welcome back to your favorite movie podcast where a couple break down your favorite horror movies and try to scare me to death. I am Cindy. And I'm Josh. I uh, came up with the idea for this podcast whenever I wanted to murder Cindy. Yeah. My watching scary movies with her because she had seen like five <laughs> in her life. Like, I think it was like five or six. Not even, that. but yeah. Yeah. So here we are several years later. Several and, years. And you've seen more than probably the casual viewer at this point. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I still... Don't like a lot. You know what? It's fine. Just listen. Okay. You know what? You know maybe he would not see? Mm-hmm. It follows. Is that what we're doing today? Yeah. Look at me. That's like so a professional transition. I just our did. Uh, theme this month is... Uh, fuck horror. Fuck horror. <laughs> it's it's sex horror. Yeah. Right? Horror about fucking... Like we were joking that it was venereal horror, but... It's not. It's... Kind of with rabbit it works, but society it's not so much. Oh, society. Ugh. That... <laughs> face haunts my dreams love that ridiculous ass movie it was something uh but not as much as i love it follows okay tell me about it follows okay it follows is rated r it's one hour and 40 minutes long and it was released i like that time 13th 2015 2015 okay i don't like the like more modern one they're just too scary it's they're too much you know what's crazy um going back and looking at years yeah not a lot of bad shit happened in 2015 (laughs) like i I was going back and i'm looking and i was like um uh for the innocence of that yeah like that wasn't a year filled with like Planes crashing, or terrorist organizations murdering a ton of people. Or your or government murdering a ton of presidential people. elections being fucking insane. Hashtag 2016. Yes. It, it's like the last gasp of, of sanity before we dive into we the take dystopian the hellscape that we're currently in. Yeah, we're trying to live through this. Hashtag thank you, Democrats and Republicans. Okay. Um, Let's steer us back to Idfall, or 2015. But 2015... Was the year that, remember, mm-hmm. remember when Obama was like, hey, we're friends with Cuba now, and that lasted oh, a yeah. year? <laughs> yeah, my sister and her wife went to go visit. Like, they went to Cuba. Yeah, it's almost like something happened the next year that obliterated all that. <laughs> yeah. 2016 elections were wild, y'all. Uh, yeah. That's also the year that liquid uh, water was discovered on Mars. That's fun. Remember yeah. when news was fun? It was. Uh, I think that probably like Elon Musk with his stupid fucking haircut, like read that and looked up and was like, I'm going to build a spaceship off the back of the poor and get there to the moon <laughs> and then to Mars nope. and then to hopefully my death. Now it's just old people and rich people, old rich people. Yay. Um, I didn't have anyone that was born that year. So. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. However, there were some people that died that year. Okay. That was the year that we lost Leonard Nimoy, Terry Pratchett, B.B. King, Christopher Lee, yeah. oh. uh, Omar Sharif, one of the most handsome men ever, FYI. Who? Omar like, Sharif? Omar Sharif. Like, if you're yeah, listening universally. to this and you've never seen a young Omar Sharif, do yourself the favor. And even better, find a video where he's talking. Because yeah. <laughs> his voice is like... 
honey. Uh, this also of the year we lost Yogi Berra, Robert Loja. I love Robert Loja. Yeah. Right? I just know him every time I think of him, I think of that uh, family guy. Uh, I think he's Lost Highway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. yeah lost Highway, yeah. The fair. scene where he pulls that guy out of the car and he's like, you know how many people die on the road every year? I want you to get one of those manuals on how to drive and I want you to study that motherfucker. <laughs> that, that, movie, that movie and that scene is fucking Josh insane. really likes that movie. I do. Also, thank you, David Lynch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Lemmy Kilmeister of Motorhead. Oh, yeah. Oh, that God. was the year we lost all those people. Yeah. So not a great year um, for losing the celebs. That was not a good year for me. Personally, yeah. Uh, fun fact: 2015, um, I believe, was the year that I left my job at Presley Ridge because I got a severe concussion after, and they thought I was bleeding inside my skull. And and my boss was like, "You got to come to work tomorrow. It's gonna be a problem if you don't." And I was like, "They're not gonna release me to come back to work." And it was a problem, and <laughs> therefore I left my job. <laughs> oh my god. They were really they're really mean about it. It wasn't very nice. It yeah. Wasn't very cool of That's them. That's insane. Yeah. All right, fuck that guy. Yeah, you know what? Um mm-hmm. Your boss isn't your friend. Nope. Just nope. Uh, they trick you into thinking that shit. Your boss is not your friend. Nope. When push comes um, to shove. But yeah, at the end of the day. So let's talk about it follows. Yeah, because <laughs> I keep trying to steer us back. Okay, I'm so excited <clears throat> to talk about this movie. About it follows. Uh, it's written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. Okay, uh, the old three name director, who went on to do Under the Silver Lake, which is a bananas like private detective hippie <laughs> Lebowski esque movie. Okay, I like the fact that it follows was such a weird hit and made a lot of money on no budget, and they were like. What do you want to do next? Do you want to do another horror movie? And he yeah. was like, no, I want to do a weird, like, millennial Big Lebowski. <laughs> and All it right. did about as well as, as the Big Lebowski when yeah. it came out. But I'll stand beside it. I, I enjoy Under the Silver yep. Lake. <laughs> okay. If you've never seen it, listeners, give it a, give it a go. Um, the only other person that's on the crew or behind the scenes that I wanted to give a shout out to the music okay here we is got. incredible so uh it's credited to disaster piece which is an artist who does a lot of i believe video game music and they've also done some other um movies not many okay. like they did under the silver lake it would definitely be like alex's favorite music and triple <clears throat> frontier no because it's it's like scary video game music. Oh, okay, so. never mind. It's not like do 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 Mario do do Mario. So that is not what that sounds like, but okay. That's that's my impression of your child taking a shower. Do 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 Mario. That is not what that sounds <laughs> that like. That's so at all. true. That's one hundred percent. If I'm lying, I'm dying. And out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this movie stars uh, Mika Monroe. She's definitely the star of this movie she plays jay you know her from the guest she where she's the oldest daughter okay the blonde okay that wore that skeleton dress and uh she's also an independence day resurgence i have not seen that. a movie that my friend jason jones loves oh i'm not seeing it <laughs> he loves gigantic disaster movies okay well then yeah that would fit like he was blowing my phone up the other day telling me how excited he was about the new moonfall movie where the moon is falling into the earth and we have to use weapons and science 
push back. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Uh, Keir Gilchrist plays Paul. He was in Dead Silence. Remember the murderous puppet movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that movie was scary. I love that guys. movie. That movie was uh, scary. <laughs> Olivia Lucardi plays Yara. She's in Money Monster and The Deuce. Deuce. Remember the, the HBO show about porn? No, but okay. There's an HBO show about porn called The Deuce. The Deuce? Yep. All and right. In That's disgusting, but okay. One of the Channel Zero seasons, the one that was about like the stairs that went up and you got eaten by like cannibals. It was wild. But she's the lead in that. All right. Uh, Lily Sepp plays Kelly. She's in The Intruder. And Daniel Zafato is Greg. He would be in another Detroit classic. What's that? Don't Breathe. So both movies, Don't Breathe and okay. this, take place in Detroit. Oh. And really okay. take advantage of the lack of humans that still live there. Okay. To shoot things. Yeah. So there you go. That's a general overview of It Follows. Okay. It's got dope-ass music. It's got a young There's cast. There's not a lot here for me to go with, but all right. Um, I'm Instead of just showing you like the poster on my phone, I'm just going to show you the Blu-ray case because it's the poster. Okay. All right. This is part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original, typical poster of the movie, and I try to tell you what the plot's going to be about. Here we go. It follows. I'm just going to tell Blu-ray you case. that one of the reviewers said, the best horror movie in a decade. In a decade. All right. I've got... In 1979, Chevrolet in tan, four-door, and people making out in the backseat. Probably the last of those great cars with that kind of a backseat in which to do that. Um, You just remind me of one of the greatest running jokes ever. What if I just look at the back of this Blu-ray and just Here's what I think the movie would be about. It seems to be a movie about, for 19-year-old Jay. Uh, (laughs) No, I think it's going to be just a good old-fashioned man with a hook, you know, escape from the head. You know what I mean? That old old trope. So, spoiler alert, you're telling me it's going, I'm actually going to put in, I know what you did last summer, I'm just going to watch that instead. No, like... (laughs) Well, maybe. I don't know. I've never seen it. Um, no, the old campfire you stories. You of, just described it. Well, there's, it's an I old campfire story mm-hmm. of like people making out at Lover's Point. And, and then there on the car door was, was the hook. hook. Yeah. yeah. That's what That's what I think. No? Maybe? I think you're way off. I think that you're going to enjoy this movie, but you're going to find parts of it creepy. Okay. You're going to fucking love the music. This movie feels... Feels. Sounds and looks a lot like a John Carpenter movie. Oh, okay. I'll probably like, like it. It. I oddly. Lo- I don't love it the way you do, but I. I oddly yeah. like John Carpenter movies. Like the way John Carpenter shoots and scores, it feels like a bigger movie than it is. Like this movie had a very small budget, and it feels bigger than it is. When okay. You watch it. You're like, oh, this. They have money. Not really. So. Okay. Well had- then. How can we watch this? Busted ass Detroit. <laughs> How can we watch this movie? Um, Obviously, we have the Blu-ray that I'm not allowed to just read the back of. Come over here and borrow the Blu-ray and watch it. That's how you watch it. Okay. Is it available? I no, guess on Prime. It's available. You can. It's. I mean, it's on Netflix, so you don't even have to. Oh, sweet. You don't have to get into Prime. You just get on Netflix. 
All right, then. I feel like everyone has seen this movie, except for you, at this point. Well, thank you for making me feel like such an outsider. Okay. (laughs) Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. <laughs> Jay, you awake? What are you doing? You're not going to believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me. And I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. I'm scared. I need to find him. Who did he really do to you? Apparently he used a fake name to rent a house in the city. This isn't real. I swear to you, this is just some game. If it kills her, it gets me. And goes straight down the line whoever started it. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't know. Something happened. That's not what she thinks, okay? You don't believe me. Mom? No, it's me. Everything's okay. It could look like someone you know. Or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. Hey everybody, we watched It Follows, and this movie was weird and very creepy. It was very, but not in the way I was expecting. What did you all think? Okay, that was me waiting for an answer, but uh, Josh doesn't feel like saying anything either. I loved it. Okay, there we go. I thought you were asking a rhetorical question of the audience. Well... Yes, always. I mean, they can't really answer They're the that. proverbial third person in this conversation. I thought you were giving a pause for them. Well, anywho. So what follows? It follows. Holy shit. <laughs> it does follow. I don't like um, just the walking thing. That At first, I didn't un- quite understand um, <clears throat> like why he wasn't like running away and you know, like just left her in a wheelchair kind of a thing. But... Um, yeah, that proverbial always just going to you know, just show up one day. Make sure, and, and can you see that? I, I don't know. Can you see that? You don't, you'll never know if you're, if it's coming for you because they got all the other people. I, I don't know. That's why. Well, we'll get to the end later. Uh, well, let, I've got a lot to talk about. I mean, I'm jumping. I'm all over the notes. place. You're. Crazy jumping all over the place. I'm jumping all over the place. I've so got a lot to talk about. Let's zone in and talk about the plot of this movie. What okay. happens? This is a movie about a 
a haunting that works like an STD. And there is a ghoul that can take on any form that just is going to get you and kill you. And it follows the last person that you had sex with. So, yeah, that's the best way I can say it. And it's about a girl and and only she can see this thing that's coming after her. And at first, you know, is she crazy? Is she not crazy? Is this really happening? Um, it was a lot. There was a lot. IMDb has, for 19-year-old Jay, autumn should be about school, boys, and weekends out at the lake. But after a seemingly innocent sexual encounter... She finds herself plagued by strange visions and the inescapable sense that someone, something, is following her. There's a few things I take umbrage with that. Faced with this burden, Jay and her friends must find a way to escape the horrors that seem to be only a few steps behind Yeah. in Detroit. It's not very fast, um, but it's very persistent. Yeah. I, I know that they shot this movie in Detroit, in mm-hmm. Michigan in general, because of tax credits, but... It's kind of the perfect city to, yes. to film this movie in. I couldn't imagine it, it being shot anywhere else. But it was, it, well, it was it was such like um, the environment. How can I say this without being awful? Like the kind of rundown feeling of the environment just really fit this kind of persistent mm-hmm. dread that is this movie. And I, I want to point out because I know somewhere someone's going to hear this and they're going to get upset that I don't point this out. So I'm going to point it out. Uh, Detroit has been somewhat revitalized. There's a lot of effort going into like making that town not look like a ghost town. Um, so good on them. Yay. It, you know, it's definitely not the worst city in America. It would be really nice if Philadelphia. it would be really nice if our federal government agreed and didn't let something like that happen again, where so many people <clears throat> were only a few get super rich. And then as soon as they move out, the entire town goes to shit because everybody depends on that super rich family. Anyway, did, um, did you just call for the revolution? Are you calling for capitalism <laughs> on this podcast right now? No, because we're going to fall and then this podcast will serve as get evidence in my trial. Um, okay. This movie structurally is a lot like an 80s slasher, specifically Halloween. Okay. Right. We've got the cold open. Yeah. Where we don't quite know what's going on. Uh, the opening of Halloween, we get that little cold opening prior to like the jump in time. Sure. And we don't know how much of a jump in time. Um, more on time in this movie in a second, but you got the girl running around in high heels, <laughs> epically that. running around in high heels. Yep. Like she runs through grass. Yeah, she does. Like that's impressive. Like how impressive? She runs insane. No, she, the heels are gone by then. How impressive is that? Yeah, it's very impressive. I've worn heels before. I have not, <laughs> but I watch people walk in them. I'm like, that looks fucking a uncomfortable and b like it would be impossible to run in, um, <laughs> and yet somehow we manage. Yeah, so we we have the the cold opening where she dies, her leg gets twisted around backwards, she gets turned into <laughs> like a living, well, not living, a sculpture. I don't like when sculpture. things are move when move the way they're not supposed to. <laughs> and then we get um, Jay, don't like that, uh, Make Monroe, who is a professional kiteboarder turned actress kite border yeah like you know the people on the surfboards with like the little sail oh like, i didn't she, know that's what that was that called professionally 
Fascinating. And then became an actress. Fascinating. Just because, you know, that's you a do. thing. That's, you know. She's got a cute look. But. Fascinating. So she's got, you know, she's got her sister. They have a mom that we never see. You never see the mom's face. She's always kind of turned away. She's totally absent from their lives. Right. Like they talk about how she just gets up, she goes to work, she comes home, she goes to bed, she goes up, she goes to work. Yeah. Trying to cover for their dead father. Like, financially. Right. It's a lot sad. of absentee parents in this movie, like in an '80s slasher. Yeah, and basically, Jay has sex with this man. He chloroforms her. She wakes. Jay up. is the female protagonist. Mm-hmm. She yeah. wakes up in a wheelchair. She sees the man who drugged her. Uh, his we don't know it at the time. His naked mom. Walking. Oh yeah. And he's like, you know, it's always out there. It's always coming for you. It'll take the shape of anything it can Drops, to... Yeah. Yeah. Loved ones, he specifically mentions, like, it will look like your loved ones... Don't fall to for it. you or hurt you. And long story short, it, like like Cindy mentioned, this thing just walks constantly towards mm-hmm. you, no matter where you're at. Not fast. You run and run and run and run, drive to the other side of the country. Eventually it'll be there. And it will just keep walking towards you, inevitably getting to where you're at. Because yeah. it knows where you are. The only thing you can do is pass it on. Right. My first thing, I was like, well, just go have sex with somebody as quick as possible. Like, just done. <laughs> that's that's what he mentions when she right. find Hugh again. His real name is Jeff. Like, <laughs> yeah. ugh, the and, two well, shit. In IMDb, it says, you know, like, oh, it should be about school and fun. These were post-high school kids, or at least she was. Because she says, when she, you know... Eventually, just does go and have, like they just have sex to get it over with. Um, she says, "We fucked once senior year; it was no big deal." So she's already graduated, and anyway, yeah, yeah. she's in college. Yeah, like college classes. Yeah, I was just saying that the IMDb synopsis was not correct. Yeah, she's in the same class that Laurie Strode took in Halloween, where you just sit in the back of the classroom and look out and see something out the window. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't that's, have picked up on that. That's a trope in like a lot of horror, like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like there's character sits in the back of the class, looks out the window, sees just something, see something coming towards them. That you're like, oh shit, that it's, doesn't it's belong Michael there. Or Freddy, or it. Don't like that. <laughs> that that's a well. Oh, okay. Trope well, I didn't of, like it, so I see why it, it's effective. <laughs> it does work, and they, you know, they go upstate to try to get away from it. Like she learns how to shoot a gun. They yeah. shoot it. They try to electrocute it in the swimming pool at the end. Does it work? Nothing works. We don't know. Well, we don't know if it did work or not. The pool did fill with blood. Yeah. But, but just to be safe. At the end when she's walking away with Paul and they're holding hands because they're in love. Mm-hmm. And that person's walking behind them. Did you automatically go, oh. Is that them? Is that the thing? Or is it not? Yeah. Like, and that's what you're left with. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people want a sequel to this. I... I think it's better left alone. I think you just leave it alone at this point, especially. Yeah. But Unless it's the prequel that explains what this thing is and how it all started. I don't even want that. Because it's, <laughs> it's like an urban legend, right? Yeah. It's, this is more of an urban legend movie than it is anything else in a lot of ways. Yes, it is. I like, would agree. The rules and people... I know people bitched. Like Tarantino came out and complained about this movie when it came out. Of course he, he did. Was He's like, a white man. He's the, do something. Well, no, he said the rules are inconsistent for the monster. Like why? But the rules are inconsistent because the rules are being applied by nineteen and twenty year old kids who are just like I've seen it do this, so I think it does this. 
right? right. Like no one knows what. This yeah, thing no, is. nobody gave them an instruction book. They're just he said, their own logic "I don't know it. how it started. I don't know, and I know that this. Here's what it does. And the person who gave it to me is dead. It's following me now. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of people think you know this is clearly a movie about STDs. Right? Yeah. You give someone a 80 slasher STD. <laughs> like you have sex with someone and then a shape-shifting Jason a la uh, Friday Ugh. 9. Yeah. Oh, Jason I don't, goes I don't to hell. Know. Okay. Uh, follows you around and eventually kills you. Yep. How um, dare you? So that's, you know, that's very a black and white reading of this movie. Uh, the director has said that this movie came from a reoccurring nightmare he had as a child. Oh, this is telling. Him just being like in dreams and there would be something following him in his dreams and it would never run it would just walk that's so frightening and he was like i knew i could run to the like far end of the earth and it would just catch up to me eventually like i would just get tired of running and then it would be there it's inevitable creepy Uh, and that's why i think there are three big themes running through this movie okay and i want to talk about them let's hit them First is anxiety. Okay. Yes. A lot of tension. Um, there's a lot of, is she, you know, just, you know, paranoid? Is she have a mental illness or is this really happening kind yeah. of a thing? And they do a good job that, yeah, that, that tension is palpable. Like, thematically, this thing is out there and you know it's out there and you don't know where it's at, but you know it's coming for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you're forever well, waiting for it. Like the very, the beginning of the movie, the cold open mm-hmm. towards the ending of that segment, the girl drives, steals her dad's car, drives to the, uh, I'm going to say beach. it's the Great Lakes. Well, yeah. Or, I mean, but it's, it's some sort of shore. Yeah. Some sort of coastline. And leaves the lights on yeah. and talks to her dad and she's just waiting and looking into the darkness knowing that I'm tired of running. Yeah. And she's just giving up. It's coming. Yep. So there's a lot of anxiety. There's also um, issue, or theme number two. Yes. Trust. Okay. There's this core group of friends. So there's Jay and her sister, who's maybe maybe two years younger. They have a very close relationship. And then, um, like, the kids in their neighborhood. Yeah. Like, Paul is... He's the guy. He's like the... if. Jay is 19 and her sister 17 then he's like 18 he's yeah. like that in-betweener and he's like um and he had a Sam from Clarissa explains it all yeah and he has been in love with Jay his entire life right and she's just like yeah, okay has kind of settled with it almost seems like being his her sister's best friend should still be around her in some right. way which is when I say that out loud creepy right well um, but it, it happens and then we get Yara who is one of my favorite characters in this movie with her little clamshell e-reader and yep. she's always reading Dostoevsky. That's that's one of the best friends, one of the neighborhood um, family. More on that clamshell e-reader in a moment. Okay. <laughs> and then the guy across the street, Greg. He's like the older cute boy who uh, is Jay's age, maybe a year older than her. And um, so he's not like part of that little neighborhood crew, but eventually kind of becomes part of them when because he see some shit that and the only one that dies yeah and then he ends up the only one who's not a member of the core group originally and the only one that dies right um because he has sex with jay yep the trust issues come in the fact that it can look like anyone yeah so So, you don't know in fact that's how he dies he thinks it's his mom 
itchy. Electricity fucks him to death. <laughs> yeah. That scene. <laughs> he, she, she's banging on the door and he opens and he's like, Mom, what the fuck? And she just like titties out, jumps on him, and then like absorbs him kind of. Yep. like electricity. It's wild. It was. So tr- the trust is in short supply in this movie if something can look like anything. And the third one is just inevitability or fate, right? right. It is coming for you and it will get you eventually. And then you also have that underlayer of by the end, they've seen so much and they've been through so much that she kind of settles for Paul and is very lackluster about, oh, okay, yeah, this is who I'm with now because he believes her and he's gotten her through this horrible thing and it seems like she has to be. Um, so she gives him the the spirit and then he goes, even after they think they've killed it, she gives him the spirit and then he goes to prostitute in you know heart of detroit um that he knows will just be able to pass it on more quickly a sex worker i mean sorry so then he goes home and i i don't know like now they're together and it's very boring and it is what it is and so it's that inevitability just like the just like the the ghoul coming for them that's an interesting take. The they see, how they seemed like they were bored. Yeah. At the end the, of the, movie. At the inevitable, me, like it, oh, this was what was going to happen. It seemed like they were terrified because they knew eventually it's going to get back to us. Right. Like eventually we're going to die. Um. So that's an interesting reading. Hmm. I don't know. There's a couple theories uh, about this movie that I really like. Obviously, the one it's an STD, right? right. Like that's a thing. Like Michael Myers in an STD form. Um, okay. <laughs> the shape-shifting Michael Myers. Shape-shifting. Is, uh, another yeah. one is this idea, and what do you think about this, that this movie's not necessarily venereal, and it's not about, I'd say, an STD. It's the idea of, instead, the horror of realizing that your childhood is over. Right. And that the safe haven that you've called home your entire life is no, no longer safe. That would kind of fit in with my idea about them just you know together because it's convenient like you go away to college and you come back and then you have that moment where you're like i don't really live here anymore exactly like this place isn't my home anymore like yep so that's a reading into this movie i like um i think the one that makes a lot of sense the more i've been reading about it and thinking about it is the third one which is the idea that um again it's not an std it stands in for the monster in this movie. Stands in for the trauma post-sexual assault. Okay. All right. She, Hugh does not forcefully have sex with her, but no. he does he knock do- her out as soon as they have sex. Yeah, after. Um, and he did give her this thing. And, he, you know, it was all set up and done on purpose. Yeah. Um, like, he made up an identity and, you know said that he lived in one of these abandoned houses and he was really from towns and towns away yeah he knowingly put her life in danger to save himself right and isn't that Um, sexual assault you know to get what he wanted out of that's a conversation that's interesting uh and the moments after so he drugs her or he he chloroforms her explains the plot (laughs) so we're on the same page yeah gives her some exposition and then drops her off half naked in front of her house and disappears and then or tries to disappear. And then what happens? 
right? We're the immediately we're shown the cops are there, the fire department's there. Greg and his mom are watching through the window, and the mom's like, "The that family's got a lot of problems." Yeah, right. Like they're that family that's got a lot of problems. It was my family, <laughs> and like the cops are asking her like very. Yeah. Kind of gross cop questions that they ask people who go through this situation. Yep. Right? Like, how long did you know him? What were you wearing? What were you wearing? How much did you drink? Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, very questions, questions that don't need to be asked necessarily. That won't help them find anything. No. So there's that. And then, you know, she goes into a depressive state. She. Yeah. Starts having these visions. And yeah. You know, we see her mom from behind and they're like, you know, she didn't get an STD, did she? Like, there's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to the idea that this thing is like the trauma that's going to follow her for the rest of her life. And I can see that for sure. You can either face it or pass it on by re- like traumatizing other people, which is what nobody Hugh did any slash Jeff did. There, there was no real investigation into like, well, what is this? Why is it doing this? What type of thing is this? But I guess, you know, the reality is nobody would look that up. And the cops... Never mind, I just answered my own question. The cops didn't find him either. It was them. Yeah, well, that's... You know, the cops didn't really try, it seems like. They were just like, oh, that's crazy. Like, we'll get back to you. The ending of the movie, I think if you go with this theory, the idea that Paul is there sharing the load of this trauma Mm -hmm. because when you talk about things and you share them it's easier to get out from underneath that share the burden that's more of a positive note in the movie okay i think it's an overall darker reading of the movie i don't know if we can get darker than you know (laughs) a sexual demon coming around and killing you slowly no matter what so i i can see that there's definitely not even an argument like there's definitely yes i can see that that's an interesting take on this. In a nutshell, that's what I think is going on behind the scenes of this movie. Okay. Now, the director himself uh, has given some like basic rules because people will be like, what about this? And he's like, oh, it could get on a plane. Okay. Oh, it could do this. It could do that. But that's why I'm like, I don't want a sequel. I don't want more rules. Right. I don't want more defined. I just want to leave it the nebulous. It's good it the is. way it is. Uh, he has also said that this movie was inspired by... John Carpenter and George Romero. Okay. And I could see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks and sounds like a Carpenter movie, right? Wide angle lenses. You would, yeah, this is where you would have to speak to that. Super steady camera work, synth score. Like it It feels visually and like auditorily like a John Carpenter film. Gotcha. But it's got a, and I'm not saying that John Carpenter films are, hollow because he puts a lot of message in his movies like they live but this idea of a lot of the ethics of this movie and a lot of like subtext feels very like romero right like we did the whole we did a whole month on romero of the dead series and talked about you know that was in uh season two i believe people bring the worst of themselves to the apocalypse yes and that's (laughs) can see that what year did we say this was 2000 what when this came out 2014 yeah this, this is, is a very 2014 movie i get it this is and and i think it's good ending. that 
you know, it's been, what, eight years and we haven't had a sequel. Maybe there won't be one. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it'll just stay its own little perfect bubble. This was a creepy movie. I enjoyed it. I would not watch this with uh, my children. Uh, the topics are a little beyond what I would be comfortable with. I think I think your oldest has seen this. <clears throat> I, I think so. Fact, I'm positive he's, he's seen Did it. Did he see it with you? No. Because I was like, we're going to watch this. And he's like, oh, that movie is creepy. Oh, okay. So he has seen it. He has seen it in his own wily way. Uh, I would not watch this with the older generation. Far too sexual for them to enjoy. Um, and then I think the the things that we can write off. Like, for instance, well, we don't know the rules for this world. Because in, you know... This you wouldn't know that like that's not reality. Reality is you would be told what this guy knew, and that's all he knows. And I think that the older generation would find that like, oh, that doesn't make sense, and kind of it, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's just not worth it. This was good for us. Um, I can see teenagers liking this, just not with their parent. Yeah, it it definitely like I said, you, you brought it up again. It's it's definitely an urban legend movie, right? Yes. It's like if the Mothman. Showed up to get you after you fuck someone. <laughs> oh, gross. Okay. It's like you had sex and then the Mothman's just like, well, I'm here for you. Yeah. Well, it's the old, you know, you need a virgin to stop it. So it would make sense. You need a whore to spread it. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, sorry. In case you couldn't tell. It's spring is coming. My uh, my voice is gone. That's how you know it's hap- That's how you know it's real. Better climate change. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> You know that either spring is coming or climate change is real because my voice Literally is Literally coming. It's just pollen being shot out across the air. Yes. Yep. Nature is out there fucking right now as we speak. Yep. Um, I don't know. Like, do you think this meets the criteria for being like a... Like an, uh, like an exploitation film? Um, definitely. I mean, we've got the sex, right? For sure. And that was such a huge component of that kind of world. And it's right away crazy action but we have like nudity free sex like there's no nudity in this movie yeah well, I mean, well there's, no, there's nudity yeah but there's not, a lot of nudity I'm but sorry. not sexual nudity yeah, there's it's just, a lot of like well there's a topless woman pissing in the kitchen as she walks towards me as like, you do you know uh, my mom with her boobs out like that kind of life uh so it yes it's an original idea it's action i don't think there's any kind of big speech but I would make the argument that kind of the rules for this ghoul, which is what I, I'm just going to keep referring to it as, <laughs> would be kind of like it, it subs in for what the oration doesn't give us, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's such an original thought. It's such an interesting original like, oh, this is creepy. Oh, that I think you don't need to have this phenomenal, you know, verbose monologue i think it does fine without that well let me let me just run down the letters real fast for arkov so it does have action yes right it opens with that called opening this movie does move <laughs> it does um i believe we both in agreement that is revolutionary mm-hmm. right it's a very interesting concept totally agree uh, killing lots of it right from the get boom <laughs> Oratory? Like I said, there isn't, but kind of the this unique set of rules and challenges 
I think, uh, would kind of sub in because that's what you remember yeah. rather I, than famous lines. I think it definitely meets fantasy and fornication. For sure. Um, one thing I, I, I'm going to mention before we go is I mentioned the, 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 clam, the, the clamshell e-reader. Yes. And it I forget, was very kind of cool. I forget what else I mentioned. It was like a little compact um, shaped, you know, like a, a shell. But when you, she opened it, she was using like an e-reader. Yeah. Um, this, wasn't a communication device. Let's talk for just a second before we go about how, how anachronistic this movie is. Why is that? Right. So she's got a Kindle that looks like a clam. Mm-hmm. People drive cars that look like they're from the 70s but look brand new. People have old tube televisions everywhere okay so but the there's 80s. also people driving brand new cars oh yeah like it's the, um the fashion varies wildly it's a wes anderson world right there where it's this mid-atlantic time like is it modern is it retro is it, it, it seems Gotham? to be happening at like four different time periods yeah at once. and i think that's intentional and the same goes tr- true for time in this movie like there's a scene where she is in the pool. Yes. In a and the, bathing it, suit. And then it cuts kind to of the next ends. scene. She's dressed for like winter <laughs> with like a jacket. Right. And then she's in the pool like a couple scenes and later. And it does like, kind of seem she she and Hugh, um, it wasn't like a one night stand. It was someone that she was dating. They had been together for a bit because she talks to her sister about it. Uh, so maybe that we're not to like, and maybe that adds to. The dr- not the drama, but yeah, the drama mm-hmm. that like, oh, it, it is going to take a minute. This is something you need to worry about the rest of your life. I th- this I th- won't go yeah. away. I think it goes back to where the idea came from, from the director. That okay. yeah. this movie would have ended with someone waking up and having been all a dream. That would have A, pissed me off. <laughs> That's a stupid cop out. But it would have made sense. Okay. Because this movie feels like a dream. Yes. Right. What time of the year is it? I don't know. Like, and it, it's almost like what, what a what year does it take place? I don't know. <laughs> it's like what a preteen before the internet thought STDs were. You know what I mean? Like it's inevitable. It's gonna get you. You know, you just you, every time you sleep with someone, you sleep with everyone they've had sex with. You know, like that kind of thing. That's yeah. what it felt like to me. Um, it did kind of read like a memory. I feel like we're both in agreement in the fact that we like this movie. I did like this movie, yeah. I, yeah, 100%. 100%. What are we watching next week movie. to continue uh, with our uh, body horror, venereal horror, whatever? Uh, fucking horror. Fucking horror. Um, we're going to end with a lot of fucking. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to go back to the 90s. Yes. With species. Okay. Mm-mm. No, not okay. Like, well, you'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you know, I'm excited, but we'll see. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so. Well, until next week. I'm Josh and I'm Cindy, and I'm still his girlfriend. Yay!